Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. This sermon was taken from the life of the church. For more messages like this, please see our website, www.venturechurch.co.za. We hope you enjoy this message. Morning, church. What season are you in? I think we all find ourselves in different places through our life. But just through the worship, I was just standing there this morning and just listening to the songs. Yes, I came late this morning. But it, I don't know, God has a plan and a purpose for everything. And um, it was almost when I drove in and I, and I saw all these cars in the car park. It, it's full. It's full. And it wasn't like, oh man, I'm late. It was, I got so excited to see how full the car park was. And, and yes, there's place for more. And there's room for more. What season are you in? There is room for more. God has more for us. I was reminded of the scripture in Song, Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 11. God says, see, the winter is past. The rains are over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. God says the season is past that you thought that you were in. He has more for us. He has more for Venture Church. He has more for every single person individually as a family as well. But it's up to us to say, yes, Lord, I'm ready for that next season. Because we all, well, I know I'm standing on the edge and I'm saying, Lord, what, how, where? But we've heard so much testimony and word this morning that God has got us. He will look after us. So I want to encourage us. Between you and God, go and have that conversation. Say, Lord, what have you got for me? really felt that was uh, a word for some of us here today. It's also a great word to use as a springboard to introduce our speaker this morning, and it is such a joy to be able, able to welcome Peter Debot to the platform to bring the word of God, Peter and Henriette. were part of us and felt the Lord taking them on business to Texas. Yes, the Lord can lead you even even in a business context. I'm not sure about the Texas, but that's a different story. So I'd like to pray for you and then anoint the wand and pass it over to you. So Father, thank you for this wonderful couple. Thank you, Lord, in anticipation of their testimony of what it is that you have been doing with them and the more that you have worked in them. Thank you for them. And Lord, it was such a, a joy and a privilege to release them to you believing that you were leading them. And thank you, Lord, for being able to hear the feedback now of how you've been at work in them and through them in this last season. So Lord, we bless you. Our hearts are open to hear the goodness of our God. Amen. Sure. 
Good morning, everybody. Um, let me start off by saying what a wonderful privilege it is to be standing here. Um, and I told Peter, I'm, I'm so nervous. And I'm actually used to speaking in front of people, and, um, but today is slightly different. <laughs> so thank you very much for the opportunity that you gave us. Um, I, w I want to start off by saying this message is not about me and Peter. It's, um, and our prayers is that what we're going to share today is about God and that you will be encouraged and that your faith will be strengthened in our almighty, trustworthy, faithful God. So again, I'm going to ask us to pray because this is important. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us this opportunity to share this morning. You've been part of our family's journey, and we believe that sharing here this morning is also just part of this road. Help us all to focus on you today and what you want to reveal to each one of us through your Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Okay, so I am going to try and stick to my script because... It's very easy to diverge because we've got so many wonderful stories. Um, so if I read a lot, I am prepared, but it's for your time's sake that I'm going to stick to the script. A little bit of background. About three and a half years ago, myself and Peter moved to Texas. Peter is going to talk after me, and he's going to share some of the exact details and the wonderful story of how we actually end, ended up there. For now, I think it's just important to note that we moved there and it's been a roller coaster ride. It has not been easy. It's been tough, but God has been faithful in so many ways, from the big things and the small things. And even now, myself and Peter, we're in a very uncomfortable position. We need to make huge decisions over the next couple of months. So it's not like we are in heaven on that side, not at all. Life is still tough. But when I want, what I want to share today is that even though we are still extremely uncomfortable, we are so aware of our dependence on God. And that is the focus of my message today. So let's start off by reading together Philippians 3 verse 17. Those of you that have a Bible or an app or... You can just listen. Philippians 3 verse 17. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct show they are really enemies of the, Christ, of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. So Paul is reminding the people here that even though the world is falling into shameful and sinful things, that it's okay because we are not citizens of this earth. And the word citizen has got a very special 
connotation for me and Peter because, whoops, thank you. <laughs> um, oh, because as a citizen in a different country, you are entitled to a lot of privileges. And we are definitely not citizens of the USA yet, and we are extremely uncomfortable and we feel alone. Um, and we've been reminded time and time again that we're actually not even citizens of South Africa because we're not citizens of this world. I think we can all be in agreement, especially after COVID, that we are not in control of our lives. I mean, unfortunately, we can get outside, drive our cars, and be in a car accident. We all are aware that, unfortunately, life happens. But what about the smaller stuff? What about the subtleties? Sometimes we build a plan B in the back of our minds, and we think, well, you know, at least I have some job security. At least I have a little bit of money in the bank. Or at least I have a credit card. At least I have some social status, some family close by. Maybe you feel that I have some, I have a good network of friends. I know people. I have medical aid. And deep inside us, we feel I'm going to be okay even if life throws me a curveball. Well, that was me. And then life happens, and life do throw you a curveball. And then you move to the USA. And then suddenly you're in a different country, and all my backup plans, my family, my social status, my education, my status at my work, my money, I don't have that and then you start to feel extremely uncomfortable. You're a stranger, and people see you as the foreigner from deep, dark Africa. And if you make a point, and if you want to say something, they just wave it off and say, she's from Africa. And then you start to feel very vulnerable, and you start to ask questions. And then, at one scene, at one time, you start to say, well, if I can just get a job, if I can just have a little bit more money, if we can just find a few friends, then I'm going to be okay. And you strive for all of these things just to make your life a little bit more comfortable. And although that is all good because we all need these things in our life, you have to question why. And for me personally, it was just because I wanted to be in control. I wanted to feel, I have a plan B, I'm okay. So, if we all continuously strive for a comfortable life, where we don't have to put our faith into action, we have to question ourselves. And that is what I want to talk a little bit more on today. God is more interested in our character than our comfort. And he's going to use our circumstances to build your character and not your comfort. And it's so important to me that I'm going to say it again. God is more interested in your character than your comfort. So, 
how do we navigate a life where we don't have a plan B or where we are not in control? And I'm just going to share three quick points that helped me and Peter through this three and a half years of roller coaster ride where we were not in control of anything. Um, so, first of all, and it's a repetition of what was, has been shared so many times this morning already, is that we have to settle in our heart that God loves us, He will not forsake us, and nothing can change that. And that is the foundation of our belief system. And it's been brought by Runel and by so many people. God is good and he will look after us. There's so many verses in the Bible. I'm going to run through some of them. 1 John 3 verse 1. It says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. We, we are his children, and he lavishes. He's, he gives us way more than what we actually need. The Psalm 36 verse 7. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. God's love is unfailing. Matthew 6 verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet our heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than that? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Jesus said he will look after us, and we have to settle that in our hearts, no matter what the circumstances. You don't need a plan B. God will look after us. If we want to walk successfully in a life of uncertainty, we have to know God is our Father. He's able and willing to look after us. He doesn't see looking after us as a job. He chose to look after us. That's my first point. The second thing, how we manage to navigate this world of being extremely uncomfortable 24 hours a day, is that it is actually okay and quite normal to be uncomfortable. We are being bombarded by media, and don't even get me started on social media, of what a successful life should be. We see people at a braai with clever kids and healthy and money and going on holiday and vacation and the lawn is always mowed and the house is always clean and we think that is a successful life. And that is not what life is about. God never promised us a life with warm, fuzzy feelings. If we look at the characters in the Bible, the majority of the characters in the Bible had lives filled with hardships. Um, we often focus on these characters and we, we make Hollywood stories out of David and Joseph and Esther and we think, and they all lived happily ever after. But that's not what the Bible tells us. We just choose to focus on those couple of spiritual highlights. If we look at Daniel's life, Daniel as a young boy was almost ripped from his parents in a foreign country. He had to learn new customs, new languages, new everything. When he started to work, he worked in a work environment with people that were constantly jealous of him and actually tried to kill him. It was an awful life. It wasn't warm and, you know, good 
Daniel CEO. And Daniel managed to survive the lion's den because God built his character throughout his life. We tend to focus just on Daniel, the superhero in the lion's den, but Daniel's life was hard. And so we can go on to David. David wasn't even important enough for his own dad when his dad was asked to show his sons. He just left out Daniel. Oh, David, he is not important. David, I don't think David was that much loved by his um, dad. He had a life filled with struggle. He had to run away from Saul. If you read the Psalms, he was often anxious, depressed, and he was a concerned guy. Um, we focus on David, the great king, but that was not his full life story. He did not have a Hollywood life. And so we can go on. Joseph, uh, we all know the story that his brothers tried to kill him. He spent lots of time in prison, etc., etc. That's not a life of comfort. So who are we to think that we are entitled to a warm and fuzzy life. And that maybe was me before we left for the USA. And we got a bit of a wake-up call on that side. So what I want to say is we're really not supposed to have life easy. So if you are not comfortable today, congratulations. Join the club. The rest of the world is actually with you on this. And especially as Christians, we've been set apart. We are holy. We are called to stand out. We're supposed to be different because we are not citizens of this earth. And in this uncomfortableness, it is in these circumstances that we realize that God is in control. And only in him can we find true rest and peace. And God often uses these circumstances to make us aware that we should be dependent on him and not on our own plan Bs. Okay, so let me also say, I'm not saying that we should all be in crisis mode the whole time, because that's not, that's, that's not what I'm saying. So don't go and look for a life full of hurt and Disappointment, that's, that's not my message. What I'm saying is, or what I'm referring to is, if you are striving to be more comfortable or you want to have a little bit more control, you have to question your motives. Is it because we are scared to put our faith into action? Or is it just because we want to feel more, more in control? Because that's the wrong reason for wanting some control over your life. The third point, we all have to reevaluate our dreams. So we're often bombarded, especially in America, with this cliches of follow your dreams, or you can do anything you want, um, be ambitious. I completely disagree with this. There's not one character in the Bible that I could find, and I looked, of somebody that God told them, go and follow your dreams. No matter how holy or how good your dream might be, that is not what God is telling us. He's not saying, dream big, follow your dreams. It's actually the contrary. 
We will never find fulfillment or joy in our own dreams. God has called us firstly in a relationship with Him. And after we have this relationship with Him, then He will give you a dream to pursue. But then it's no longer your dream. Then it's you and God's dream. Then it's our dream. Only once we have laid down our own dreams, ambitions, skills, talents, and desires, especially for a comfortable and being in control life, can we achieve something with eternal value. I think God often messes up our plans to give us a wake-up call on what he actually wants us to do. My challenge today to you is, what are you dreaming about? What is your dreams, your desires, your priorities? What are you striving for? And yes, it might be good things. It might be a little bit more of financial security. It might be to have a better relationship. And all of them are good. But what are your motives behind it? Is it just to have a comfortable life and to be less dependent on God? Or is it to put your faith into action? Matthew 6 verse 33 says, But first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So what are you striving for? What are you dreaming for? And my prayer this morning is that you will first have the relationship with God and that he will reveal his dreams for you before you start chasing after your own dreams that might be because you just want to have more control over your life. So I'm going to hand over to Peter now, and he's going to share a little bit of the actual where the tire hit the road for us. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Thank you, Andrew. Um, first of all, I'm so humbled to be here this morning, and I'm so happy and so grateful to see all of all of you. It, I was so blessed by the worship experience this morning. I was just sobbing. Um, and I'm overwhelmed by your, you know, all your friendliness and all the greetings. I'm also very emotional this morning because it has been a tough morning, a tough, a tough three and a half years for us. So everyone's asking me how did we end up in the USA. In 2013, we were sitting also in the, in the church and Kenny and Maureen was preaching. And suddenly they stopped and they, they looked at me and Henriette in, while we were sitting. And they said, you will be going to a first world country. It will be sudden, but you will be ready. God's got a specific purpose for you, a specific purpose and plan for you. So we looked around, it's like, is that word for us? No, yeah, it was for us. At that stage, we thought, no, this can't be, you know, and um, it was a mistake. But we still written it down and... Uh, we did nothing of it. We did live in Dubai for three years in 2004, five, and six. So we know what it is to live in a foreign country. And we thought that we were finished with it. Anyway, so in 2018, um, 
I had an opportunity at work. I work for an international company, and I had an opportunity at work to, to get experience in America or New Zealand or wherever. And I applied for the position, and they flew me over, did the interview, and they, they gave me the job on the spot, really. But although we got the visas and we got the work opportunity, I still was not um, comfortable or, or convinced that that was God's plan for us. So we prayed a lot. We got the church leaders to pray, pray for us. Many, all these leaders, many of you prayed for us. And six months, three months go by, two months go by, and now we're sitting with one month before we have to fly. And I still know, geez, I don't know. The fact that God opened the doors for us and gave me the work wasn't good enough. Many people say, well, God opened the doors. This is a sign you should go. It wasn't enough for me. I wanted to hear a direct voice from God. So I kept on praying and fasting, and then approximately four weeks before we were flying, I said to God, God, you know what? I'm going to cancel everything because I did not hear from you. And that for one Friday morning, I was driving to work, and I knew God wanted to speak to me. I arrived at work, make myself a cup of coffee, and went to the roof of the building. There was a roof garden, and I just sat there. And I was there for two, two and a half hours where God spoke to me very clearly and he said to me, he took me to Hebrews 11 and he said, look at Abraham. I want you to be like Abraham. Go to be a foreigner in a foreign country. God's got a specific plan for us. It's, you're going to be uncomfortable. And I read many of the other characters in Hebrews 11 where it says, I'm going to test your faith. And I said, okay, God, I will be like Abraham. And then the second thing that God told me on the roof was, do not be like Jonah. That say you go, but it's like half-hearted and do a detour and you're not fully committed. Don't be like Jonah. And it's a lesson for all of you in life. If you commit to do something for God, do it with full, full heart. Don't waste God's time. You're wasting your own time, but you waste God's time. So eventually I said, okay, I will not be like Jonah. And then he made, well, I read through the entire Psalm 119, which is, it took me about 45 minutes to read through Psalm 119. But that laid the basis and the foundation for me to go, where God said, I'll be with you. You're going to face difficulties. So anyway, I came down from the roof. I knew God spoke to me. And the first thing I did was I went to my computer and I typed everything out in Word. And I emailed it to myself because I knew that there's going to be times, tough times, which I'm going to question, did I hear wrong? You know, or was it not for me? And every time, and I, trust me, I've read that email many times. And every time after I read it, uh, I knew that God, that's the word for God for me. So I knew I was in the right place. So that's how we ended up there. Um, and then, as Henriette said, it was an incredibly tough journey, especially the first two years. I was, it, it was very, very but the first thing we did was, within two weeks, we joined the church because we knew that, that that is so important for us and we're still part of that same church. We also joined a cell group or a home group and we're still part of the home group. Even through COVID, through many home groups, home groups have, um, have, have stopped going to home group. Our home group kept on going and it was just great for us to have that little bit of support there from people. So there is an extremely big culture difference between us and, and America, 
I don't even want to go into the detail. Um, I've shared many stories. So, um, you know, everything is different. The, ch the specific challenges that I faced was I was very lonely. I was very scared. I was very anxious. I was very insecure of myself. I was extremely intimidated by America, by the roads, by the cars, by the men, by the working environment, by everything. Even, every, even the buildings intimidated me for some reason. I was just very, very, very anxious. Um, the other thing that, that, that was very tough for me is I was overloaded with administration, you know, documents to fill in and this form and that form and all the different in my work environment and everything is just documents. Americans love all this documentation. The other thing that was extremely tough for me, I think it was one of the toughest things for me, is my mom who is here today, she's got Alzheimer's and it was extremely tough for me to leave her behind. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm a type of person that would like to see her every week or take her for coffee and tea, but I was not able to do that. So I made it, I made that, all of that uh, that we went through is, uh, um, but God still was, was faithful and he provided for us. You know, we, we arrived with very little things and he, he provided for us in the smallest of things and in the biggest of things, practical things. Great schools for our children, friends for my kids, a Christian church that we loved. He provided for Henry Ed for a job, although it was tough. I mean, I didn't take over lawnmowers and, and bries and vacuum cleaners. There was no space. So we, believe it or not, but we picked up people, Americans leave stuff on the pavement and it's all in perfect condition. So we've got, God provided, we, we prayed about something. God provided me for two lawnmowers, for a braai, for two vacuum cleaners, for a whole, for bed and mattress and everything for Anita. Two TVs. And the list goes on and on and on. Um, he provided for us for fantastic neighbors, Chris, good Christian old people that, that, um, that loved my kids so much. Um, so he provided also for our spiritual needs uh, and so on so one thing that I've learned is I've prayed more in the last three and a half years than I've prayed in my entire life I uh, and one of the things was I think there was a teaching in our church two or three months after we arrived and he talked about good habits and bad habits and that, that spoke to me. And the good habits, some of the list of good habits that I want to share with you this morning that helped me. And by the way, I've also uh, spoke at uh, men's conferences and shared the same thing. Um, um, some of the habits is people when they wake up in the morning, what's the first thing they do? They probably switch on the phone and they read social media. That is not a great habit. A good habit, I think, and I've practiced it, is the first thing you do when you switch on your phone is read the Bible. Read the Bible verse. These days, everyone's got apps on their phones, and there's a Bible verse. And I encourage you not to just read the Bible verse, but click on that thing and read the whole chapter. And read the same thing again at lunchtime. Before you, before you go and eat your lunch, go and sit somewhere and read that same scripture or chapter. 
and the same before you go to bed. Read the same thing. Then you read it three times. And during the day, think about it. Talk to God about it. And the, these apps track how many days you've done it. And if you skipped, it starts at zero. So I, I challenged myself. And I was happy to say that I went through a full 366 days without missing one day. And now I still do that. And it's a simple, practical habit, but it's a good habit. It's tough because you automatically want to do and read email, but don't do that. Just read, read that habit. Um, I also, uh, we committed to serve at church. We, just, we didn't just go to church. We served at church. I immediately slotted in, and we became part of our home group and, and became part of that. And didn't just sit there and stay quiet, but we contributed. I also became a Sunday school teacher again. So now I'm, teach I'm the Sunday school teacher for the five-year-olds for the last how many years. And my son came. He was a baby when we get there. He came through and now he's passed again. But I'm still stuck with the five-year-olds, but that's fine. <laughs> and um, I pulled in Anita to serve with me. Now she, out of her own, is serving with me on that. We're serving in the worship team at the student ministry, so I'm playing piano again. And Anita is playing guitar. I want to set a good example for us. And so now she's praying and standing in front, praying guitar and singing. So that is ways that we serve. I also serve at the men's conference. I make myself available to talk. For some reason, they love hearing my South African accent. So I'm using that as an opportunity. And, and wherever I sometimes I go in a shopping center and they say, are you the guy with the South African accent? I said, yes. And then I share some testimony. So um, I take another thing, a good habit is take the word of God and the Bible seriously. If you read something in the Bible, so many scriptures have been shared here this morning. Take it seriously. Don't just read it. What does it mean? It's God loves you. He's written the Bible as a handbook for us to survive here on planet Earth. You know, the other thing is, I prayed the prayer of Jabez, which is 1 Chronicles 4. I pray that every morning, that God will, that he will bless my family, that he will favor on my, me and my family, that he uh, gives us opportunities, that he will protect us, that he will look after us. And the other last thing that, that is important is take prophetic words seriously. We've had many prophetic words in our life. My children is a miracle of it, and so on. So take it seriously. Write it down. Remind God of the prophetic words that he gives to you. And pray over it. So the scriptures that, that I have said so often, so many times of, of the day, I'm going to share with you some of the scriptures which really, oh, I can't, cannot tell you how many times I've written, I've read these scriptures. The first one is Joshua 1 verse 9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord the God will be with you wherever you go. And Raymond, where's Raymond? You gave us that word or that scripture, you and Debbie, the day when we left, yeah. 
And a similar scripture, which is similar to that, is Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, the Americans. <laughs> For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Philippians 4 verse 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ. Nahum 1 verse 7. The Lord is good. A refuge in a time of trouble. He cares for those who trust him. Trust, faith. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16. Rejoice always and pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. And I did, we did that. Jeremiah 5 verse 25. I will refresh the weary and the sat, and satisfy the faint. So when I left here, I was, I was personally very, I had a rough time prior to us leaving at work and everything. I felt worn down. And God used the time in America to refresh me and speak to me. He refreshed my wife and spoke to her. And now I think back at the prophetic word we had. You will be going to a first world country. It will be sudden, but you will be ready. But God's got a specific purpose and plan for you. I always thought that this purpose and plan will be for other people. Yes, it, I think it was also for other people, but it was also for us as a family. He wanted to refresh us. And he definitely used us in our workplace and our friends with neighborhoods. We challenged the people there. We challenged them. We stand on our principles. We stand on the biblical principles. And all these, uh, when we prior in, in this church, when there is teachings going on, like when there's a, a series on motivational giftings, I encourage you to attend it, learn from it, or prophetic word, learn from it. Because we, all those things that we learned throughout our lives, we now get the chance to share there. And it helps you to understand better. But anyway, I was, we, I was very, very worn down. And the scripture that, that I read often was Isaiah 40 that says, uh, he will not grow tired and weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Verse 29, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. We all fall. I've fallen. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles and they will run on, not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. So, two or three more scriptures and, and then I'm done. Romans 5 verse 3 says, Know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And we, we, I think we saw that in action. Um, the other scriptures I won't read, Psalm 119, verse 114, and Jeremiah 29, verse 12, and Matthew 6, verse 25. So I think that, and we are standing in a situation now, like Henry had said, that we don't know, we don't have visas, we don't have green cards, we may come back, we may stay there, but all those things of this earth really has gone dim for us now. And we just waiting on, on what does God wants for us next. I don't know where, gonna, where God's going to take us. Um, 
how, how we will slot into another church, but I definitely know that like he used Joseph and Daniel, he's built our characters and prepare us for something bigger. And, and, and that's it's the same for all of you. So use God's building on your character. Allow him to build in your character so that he can use you. And if you're uncomfortable, that's okay. Thank you. Please do stay here. So I know that there are, there have been a number of those amongst us who have, you've been contemplating something of what Peter and Henriette have been through. In other words, you're contemplating a move. Some of you might have heard like they did had a word and it's come back to you. Some of you might have been contemplating it from your own, uh, from your own concerns. Can I encourage you? I'm going to ask Peter and Henriette to pray for us. But if that is you, can I ask you to stand as a, a sign of submitting your purposes and plans to the Lord? Whether it's just a move from, I don't know, here to Cape Town, or whether it's a move to a different country, if you're sensing that there is a big change coming, like the word that Ray brought just at the beginning of this, there's a new season, and that new season is in a different, different place. Can I encourage you to stand? Father God, as you see all these people, we stand and we pray for them, Father. It's a tough decision. You challenge us with these tough decisions, Father. And Lord, and as servants of God, I pray for everyone here, Father God, that's contemplating to a move. That's contemplating to move some way, Father. Lord, and we just pray that you will just speak to them in their hearts, Lord, and that give you direction, that you speak to them very, very clearly, Father. You know what is their desires. You know what are their dreams, Lord. Lord, but you also have dreams for them, Father. And Lord, this morning I pray in the name of Jesus that you will just, that you will just listen to them and, and speak to them, Father, for, and give them direction, Father. Lord, and sometimes... The devil comes and they and he comes and he distorts things, Father. And let us have the, let, the, let the people have the clarity to distinguish between when you're speaking to them, Father. Lord, and thank you that we can come to you and that we can pray to you, Father, and we can stand with all the people that's standing up this morning, Father, and, and we just lift them up in the name of Jesus, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you are our Father and that you will look after us whether we are staying here in Hong Kong, in Australia, or in Timbuktu. Thank you that nothing can separate us from your love. Lord, and a decision to move is not a salvation decision. It's not a heaven or a hell decision. Lord, but these people in front of us want to do the right thing. And we want, just want to ask that you will give them wisdom and clarity and that you will provide or navigate the way that you want them to go. 
Lord, they are vulnerable standing up, and I pray that you will honor that and that you will guide them through these decisions. But thank you that you are our Father and that you are faithful and that you promise that you will look after us no matter where we are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this sermon. We would love to know how this message spoke to you. Please connect with us through our website, www.venturechurch.co.za or through our various social channels.